Hey parents, are you trying to find a sport for your kids to do during the winter months? Have them wrestle. Have them join the Combat Wrestling Club at Combat Athletics located on Cooper Creek Road in Moxville, North Carolina. The Combat Wrestling Club wrestles a full AAU schedule with practices three days a week. I guarantee you that your kid will enjoy it. It is fun. And it will get them in shape, build self-confidence, and self-defense. Join the Combat Wrestling Club today in Moxville, North Carolina. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ryan Hayes, and I am here with another episode of Cast of Champions. It is November 28th, happens to be Thanksgiving, and I got another show with a great guest. Going to be Tyler Holland, wrestler at Wilkes Central High School. Uh, he's kind of giving me a little bit of time uh, on Thanksgiving, actually, to, you know, sit down, talk to him, and have him on my podcast. Uh, so, Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Um. So tell me a little bit about how the wrestling season's been going for you so far. I know you kind of just started, but um, I have wrestled two tournaments so far, and I'm going on seven and zero, and hopefully going to go for an undefeated season this year. All right. So tell me a little bit about your off season. You know, it's kind of what's uh, kind of gotten you to this point. You're a sophomore, a one hundred six pounder. You wrestled one hundred six last year. Um, you kind of failed to qualify, so tell me a little bit about uh, your off-season to kind of prepare for the upcoming season. So, um, last year I was underweight for 106, but over the summer I've been working on getting bigger, and also just nature has helped me out with that, and I've been going to combat athletics and training pretty often, three days a week at least, and just putting in the work. I know that you've been wrestling for a long time, so tell me a little bit about how you actually got started. Cause I I've been involved in wrestling for the you know past uh twenty years as a wrestler and as a coach and referee, and I seem like I've seen you around for like the last ten or something like that. Um, so this is gonna be my eleventh year that I'm in right now, and I started out because one of my childhood friends father was a coach and he told me to come out and try this little club called Wilkes Wildcats and I came out and tried it and I just fell in love with the sport and I had a friend who's actually on my high school team right now it's his senior year and he was a lot better than me a lot better than me at the time and he would just beat the crap out of me at practice and I just learned to take the beatings and started working from there yeah so when you go out there on the mat, what do you do to like get to just 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 to prepare for a match? Um, I just try to separate my emotions and thoughts from the mat and everything that I'm thinking about. I try to clear my mind. I don't I honestly don't even really think about wrestling. I just try to clear everything out of my mind. Because once you get out on the mat, you never know what's going to happen. If I have this whole elaborate plan in my head of what's going to happen, then something goes off then. Yeah, I guess you do got to do it that way. I mean, what about, you know, the, the everybody has, like, butterflies? How do you handle that? Because we all have them. 
Um, so part of it is the amount of time and experience that I've gotten out of it. And I've wrestled at multiple platforms and stuff, ranging from small no-card tournaments to national-level tournaments at Disney and stuff like that. So I just know that there will always be matches that I will win, and there will always be matches that I'll lose. And so I just try not to get nervous about it because if I were to lose that match, it's not going to be the last one that I ever lose. And if I were to win it, it's not going to be the last one I ever win. So it's just another match. It's just like the rest of them. It's just whatever platform it's on. And at at 106, have you kind of in, investigated like or, or looked at the competition? I mean, what what is it looking like at 106 this year? So I've looked at the competition a little bit. Um, more just for curiosity purposes because I'm not one that believes in moving to different weight classes to avoid others. So I'm going to wrestle whoever's at my weight class. But, I mean, I've looked a little bit just to see how hard the competition's going to be just out of curiosity. But, I mean, I'm not one to bump or cut to another weight class to stay away from someone else. Yeah. Looks like you can't cut anymore. I mean, you're at the lowest one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the only thing you can do is move up. Um and I think Wilkes Central is in the two-way classification, right? Yes. And and two two-way, you know, they have their you know their fair share of uh, wrestlers. I think sometimes, sometimes people get the uh, the 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 wrong thoughts. You know, they always think that you know two-way wrestlers they they're not in they're not on the uh, same level as four-way wrestler. What do you say about that? Um, so I feel like there can be just as many good wrestlers at any of the divisions, honestly, because just for example, like Joseph Jordan, who was 106 last year, is a 1A wrestler, and he was extremely good, and I would say that he's honestly better than some of the 4A wrestlers, but then there's 4A wrestlers out there that are just as good, if not better, it's honestly just where your location happens to be. And I know that the North Carolina High School Association sort of makes it a little hard for um, coaches to recruit. And so it's just wherever your family lives. And For, for those for those of y'all out there don't know, I think what people have to understand is how – how your school is ranked in the classification based is based on the uh, the enrollment um how many students there are in your schools the the more students that are in your schools the 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 more people you can get to be a part of your program um and then so you have to for competition purposes it's not fair when you have a school that has i don't know eighteen hundred students wrestling a school that has you know, twelve hundred students because you're not getting you. You may not get the same or uh, the same level of kid um, on your team, but you know, at, at the end of the day, everybody's working out to become good wrestlers. So you know, any any wrestler, whether they're one a or two a wrestler, can just be can be just as good as any any wrestler, uh, regardless of classifications. But the you know, I think this just so you so you can understand that the classification doesn't mean that experience level of a wrestler um as you can see uh uh landon forrest two-way and he's a two-time state champion and we all know that he could beat uh any any 4a kid out there um four-time state champions have been you know 1a 2a and 
they're legit state champions. It could be any 4A champion uh, out there. So, you know, that's, so for those of you all who didn't know what the uh, classifications meant, that's what they mean. But anyways, uh, moving forward, what's, uh, what's your expectations this season? Um, my expectations, I'm going to do it by levels. My first thing is to qualify for states, which last year, in my opinion, I should have qualified for states. I just went in there with the wrong mentality uh, into regionals, and I had a really bad first match, and that just sort of set me off. When, and, you, when you say you went in there with the wrong mentality, what, what was it? I was going in there to not get beat, but now I realize that you don't need to go into matches not to get beat. You need to go in to win and to attack and dominate. And I was going in not necessarily wrestling defensive, but I was going in with a defensive mindset when it should have been offensive. Right. And um, that just sort of set me off. But um, my first goal was to qualify for states, and then from there it's to get to the realm where I can place uh, – and then from there, it's to win, of course. I mean, everybody wants to win, and everybody probably has that same goal, but it's just who puts in the work to get there the most and how you compete on the highest level. So you say that, but do you really think you can do it? Do you really think you can be a state champion? Or is that just what, what, peop, what you say because that's just the right answer that people want to hear? Um, I feel like it's both. You know, we all sometimes have our doubts, but it's just – how strong do your doubts actually affect the way you work? Because if you, everyone's going to have a little bit of doubts in, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but it's do you let the doubts affect how you train or are you going to train the same every single day like you're going to win the state championship? And that's honestly just the ones that end up at the top. You know, I, I think a lot of times um, it's when it, the, it, the hardest thing to do is when you – are trying to meet your expectations and then you know you won't then you have to try to struggle to meet somebody else's expectations you ever you, you ever had that ever happen to you I mean how do you deal with that so a lot of my life I've had people like push me to meet their expecta expectations and stuff but that is part of what I've been working on like when I said when I'm getting ready for a match I work on clearing all my emotions and thoughts and stuff from the match because those expectations go along with it, and I clear my own expectations, and I just know that I'm going to wrestle my best match. And if it doesn't turn out how I want it, then it wasn't meant to be, but I'm going to wrestle my best match and put in as much as I can into it. We talked a little earlier about, you know, you, you work out and do your off-season at Combat Athletics. Um, you've, you've done a lot of the, the, the good tournaments Leading up to the season, um, you know, you, you did I-64 and you, you went to uh, Disney. But do you feel like that you've given 100% to, uh, you know, to achieve these goals? Do you have have set? Do you feel like that you've put everything in there and you hadn't slacked off and you've given this everything that you, you've got? So there are times when I know I haven't given everything I've got and I regret those times, but... Honestly, if you just sit back and look at the times that I haven't done everything that I could have, that's just going to slow me down. But I need to make up for that now and put in the work for where I might have slacked off in the past. So how do you feel about your individual um, commitment in your match as far as uh, going out there and wrestling and, 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 and doing your part to, to, to help your team like winner? Win or lose, how do you feel about the effort that you give? Um, so 
I try to go out there with a lot of intensity and just bring it to the person because at 106, a lot of times whenever our team starts out at 106, I know that I sort of carry the emotion of the team and like the momentum because if I can get the ball rolling, then a lot of times they can just take it all the way through. But if I go out there and I wrestle a terrible match and don't give it my all, then that affects the team and they just look at me. And that just sort of starts us off on a bad on a bad match. And it's just all about just giving it your all and doing everything you can because at the end of the day, I'm carrying the team, but I'm also carrying myself. And there's the team goal, but there's also my individual goal. So if I go out there and don't give it 100%, then not only am I letting the team down, but I'm also letting myself down and my goals down. So when you when you when you go out there and you know, like I said, win or lose and you don't perform the way that you wanna do, how do you how do you evaluate yourself to make sure that you you know you're not in this position again? Um, so a lot of times I have a lot of people that evaluate myself for me, which is part of the whole expectations thing and they tell me what I've done wrong and then I have to sit back and look at it and a lot of times, most of the time I know what I did wrong when I get off that mat. Uh, whether I win or lose, I just know the things that I probably could have done better. And it's you need to look at it and learn to fix it, but I also don't believe in harping on it because the more you just think about the negative stuff, yes, you need to fix that stuff, but it doesn't need to be the only thing that keeps you going. It needs to be the wanting to win, not just the... So, you you know, I, I know that, you know, you probably have parents to tape your matches so do you go back and look at it and tell me a little bit about that and yes so I tape all my matches so that I can go back and watch it and see what I've done right and wrong and I have friends and family and other people that are involved in wrestling and watch it and see what they see and coaches our coach goes over the films with us and tells us what he sees and that's how I'm learn what I do wrong and then I go in and try to drill it as much as I can in live wrestling's at practice and yeah. comes out in a match. You cuz you got to you got to fix it and you you were talking earlier about being able to 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 let go of a of a loss or a bad performance and I and I think your attitude is is the best way to do it because you know of course I wrestled and I, and I played I was a multi-sport athlete in high school um when you take a loss or you don't perform well I mean yeah, you're gonna be upset, but you 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 gotta leave it alone and let it be what it is just as quick because you cannot go back and re wrestle that, and you got you know there's still there's there's still more wrestling left, there's still more competition, and especially it's in you know you're in one of those uh, dual tournaments or one of those tournaments where you lose. I mean, you still have to have a a calm mind going into your next match because um, I always say that at the end of the day. Um, all you need to do to get your highest placement in a tournament is just win your last match, and you win your last match, you're gonna get you're gonna get your highest placement. So you just got to go into every single match, uh, in, in every single competition, and forget what happened last round or forget what happened last weekend, and just go in and do it. So um, looks like you kind of got the right mindset going in there. Um, but speaking of mindset um what do you do to kind of get in the, the the like competition mode a lot of kids they like to listen to music just tell me a little bit from maybe 24 hours out from the the time you got to kind of 
uh, watch your weight all the way until weigh-ins until it's time for you to step out there? Um, so my main thing is I don't, I listen to music occasionally, but when I do, I know a lot of people listen to music that pumps them up and gets, gets them feeling like aggressive and stuff like that before they go out there. But I'm not as much of an aggressive wrestler as much as I am technical and just wrestling a smart match, no matter like what aspect it's in. And I try my best with that. And I just feel like, yes, you know, I'm aggressive when I have to be, but I feel like that's a quick way to burn out your gas tank. And so I, a lot of times, either listening to more relaxing music or just no music at all and just clearing my head because whenever I listen to music that, you know, brings on, like, aggressive feelings, it just makes it feel unnatural the way I wrestle and, I don't know, just stuff that clears my head. What do you, what do you feel like you do well out there on the mat? What are, like, some of your go-to uh, moves that you know that – you could hit and and no and hit on anybody regardless of level um at you know in your weight class um so i feel like i wrestle really good from top and that's probably my strongest position uh up until i started going to combat athletics my weakest position was definitely neutral but we work that a lot there so i am a lot more confident in my neutral now and i you know, take the risk a lot. And I wouldn't even consider it taking a risk at this point. But I've gotten to the point to where I will pick neutral pretty regularly just because that's what we train. And I've I've just always had a natural ability on top. And I can ride almost anyone out and get you tired. Even if I can't turn you, if you're just so strong I can't turn you, I can make you tired. And I pin a lot of kids in a three-quarter. I know it's not like the most high-level move, but – I just have a natural ability of just catching it on people and sticking, sticking them with it. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. You know, you, you everybody kind of like has their favorite go-to moves. Um, tell me a little bit about the uh, the the accountability piece on your team. How do you hold yourself accountable and your teammates accountable? Um. So my team i try to hold them accountable but there's a range of people on our team from beginners to people that have been wrestling for a little while and there's not really many of an much of an in between but a lot of kids on our team have accountability for themselves but just don't exactly have the talent to back it up yet and that's just what comes with time but there's a lot of kids on the team that have the talent but they don't have accountability for themselves and, I mean, I try to hold my teammates accountable, but at the end of the day, it's how much they push themselves, not how much I push them. And so, you know, I provide them and with that pushing and try to hold them accountable, but at the end of the day, it's their decision if they take it or not. Yeah. But I feel like there are people on my team that hold me accountable. Um, mainly it's coaches and parents and family members and stuff that hold me accountable, but it's just – I got to do it myself. That's how I look at it. I'm on my own in this situation, and right. I got to take myself there and do what I need to do to make it to the top. You know, the crazy part about wrestling is it's just unlike any any other sport, and it's an individual combative sport that has an element of uh, of of discipline with with weight, and then then they're just it's just a grind at a practice, and then. Then the grind of the competition, whether it's on a weeknight or on a Saturday, and you're not able to eat what you want or necessarily have the time to do what you want, what makes you want to want to do this sport? 
Um, so it's honestly all about a mindset. I've just always enjoyed wrestling and I got to a point to where wrestling was more about winning for me than it was having fun. And that's when I had to step back and I took a break because I was getting burnt out on it from working so much and just getting tired of it. And you got to look at it again. Like at the end of the day, it's just a sport and sports are meant for fun. And there will be people that make it to the top and there will be people that won't do it past high school. But it's just once you look at it as what it is, a sport, but just decide that you want that sport to be your lifestyle, then that's when you're going to succeed. And that's sort of what I've had to do is I got really burnt out on it because I just looked at it like it's all I had going on in my life. But then I just looked at it from a different perspective that it's just a sport and that's not all that matters. And that honestly got me back into wrestling a lot more and got me a lot more fired up. You know, in this sport, you know, especially – when you've wrestled um, as long as you have, you do get burnt out because you you kind of go back and you look at the last, you know, eight, nine, ten years and, and you realize this is all I've done. And, you know, while you're probably on social media and you're seeing your friends at the lake or doing this and doing that and you probably got invited but couldn't do it because of wrestling, it does kind of it, it uh, take its toll on you uh, mentally so like burning out, I mean it. It's just it 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 happens, and you got to know when to take a break. But how hard is it to maybe convey that you want to take a break to like the you know to your coaches and and stuff like that? I mean, is it, is it easy to see that, or or how do you go about doing it? Yeah, so it seems like a really hard thing when you're thinking about it in your head, but whenever you decide that you want to take a break or be done with it or whatever it is. But you got to make sure that you have your mind made up on it. But you you just got to say it, honestly. There's no other way to put it. And it seems really hard, but there will always be people that back you up, and there's always going to be people that disagree with it. So it's just you got to say it, and at the end of the day, it's your life and live it how you want it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, the – what what someone has to do to kind of get at at a, at a level to where they're competing for for a state championship? Like what what? Tell me about the sacrifices that you've had to put in to kind of get there, and, and something that people should know. So um, you definitely um, need to be going somewhere that pushes you harder than just your average high school practice. Um, there are people that just have the natural abilities that can just go into high school practices and just make it to the top and win the state championships. But a lot of times that's not the case, and you need to be going somewhere where there's where people can beat you. And for me, that was combat athletics, and I recommend that to just about anyone. But there's other good programs in North Carolina like Dark Horse and used to be Trojan Train and stuff like that. And I know there's good programs out there that uh, help push people to be the best that they can be, but there's always someone out there that can beat you and you just have to find them. So let's uh, talk a little bit about combat. Who are some of the uh, wrestlers that, that, that push you there that, that are from the different surrounding schools? Um, so I know that some of the wrestlers there that push me are Ian Murdoch. Uh, we've actually grown pretty close here recently and um, JT Richards was the main one that pushed me when I started going to combat athletics. 
And that was when I just first got in there. He was the one that really introduced me to how brutal it was. And that was back whenever they were having the youth sessions and I was in the little kids sessions with 50, 60 kids there. And then just working with people like Davis Freeze and other people. And then Davis was bringing in kids from like Johnny from Mooresville. And they were just pushing me and friends bring friends who bring more people and it just grows. And then you've got this whole big group of people that you can work with. You know, the biggest thing about um, uh, practicing or, or having having people there at your skill set is you are being pushed to get better. And I always tell people, like, if you're the, if you're the best person in your practice room, you got to go somewhere to get, get somebody that is going to push you. Um, tell me uh, a little bit about the impact that uh, – Josh Stanley and, and, and the combat athletic coaching staff has had on you. So, yes, that's one of the big things that Josh also emphasizes is if you can beat everyone in that room, he says he's going to take you somewhere where you can't. And that's a lot of times why we go out of state and go to these big national level tournaments is to seek different competition because every state and every single wrestler has a little bit of a different style and how they wrestle, and it's just learning to adapt to that. And once you adapt to that and master it, then you can start working on another thing. And that's just overall how you build your skill. But the main thing is, is just going in there with the mindset of, I'm going to learn to beat this person. And then once you learn to beat them, go on to the next person. And then once you get to where you can beat everyone in that room, you just need to find somewhere different. And you just need to be training. If who who was somebody you would want to watch you wrestle that that can't if there was someone that i would want me to watch that that i would want to watch me wrestle that couldn't it would probably be some of my old coaches from Wilkes Wildcats the very first place i ever wrestled you know, because they started me out and they just saw, like, I know, I can't remember his last name, but his name's Harold. He used to help a lot with uh, Wilkes Wildcats. And I just know that, he, you know, he taught me my first sprawl and my shots and just the basics. And I'd like for him to be able to see me at the top and see how far I've came. So how do your everyday behaviors, uh, you know, affect the way you wrestle? Um, so a lot of things affect the way you wrestle, such as like weight cut. You got to be smart with it. A lot of people think it's just not eating or just not drinking anything. And that's not what it is. You got to eat healthy, very healthy. You know, you do have to limit what you eat, but you got to eat healthy because at the end of the day, you still need the fuel to run on your body. And a lot of times whenever it comes to like getting myself dehydrated, if I'm going to limit how much I drink, I try to drink stuff like Gatorade so it gives me more electrolytes or body armor, stuff like that, so that it's not just pure water. Because it does have the water in it, but it also has the vitamins and stuff that you might be missing from not eating quite as much food. And honestly, it's the sodas. I, I have a really hard time with that. The sodas and the candy, the extra sugar just slows you down. And also things that I'm starting to learn very quickly is after the weight cut and before the tournament, don't go out and eat a bunch of unhealthy food and, you know, just load up on it. Try to stick to something easy. Like if you go and eat a bunch of pancakes, you're going to feel very heavy and not be able to move quite as fast as you could. And 
it's just all about the sacrifices you want to make. You know, the, the weight weight cutting is is some it's a skill that you you have to uh, master and. You got to do it the right way, and and I think nowadays, being that you are a kid or you kids now, you guys have a lot more uh, ways to be able to um, look up information on how to cut weight the right way, which wasn't there or didn't exist, of course, when I was in high school. So I know you guys were able to kind of know what the right things to do. You know, I think when people cut a lot of weight, like, oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, but they don't realize that once they weigh in, the thing that they crave the most is water. It's just because you're dehydrated and you've depleted your body of of of, of the uh, of, of water. So um, weight cutting is hard, and it's something that you really, really got to be uh, disciplined at. You know, another question that I'll ask you, so if, if you if you if you wasn't wrestling, what would you be doing? Like, what, what would... Or, or we'll just segue into this question. What do you do that, away from the mat that nobody else knows or didn't think you do? Um. So I honestly can't really see myself without wrestling in my life because it's such a big part and I put so much of my time into it. But I do like to uh, play video games, which is a fairly generic answer. And I enjoy playing the guitar a lot. And I don't know. I also like just trying new things. Like I play tennis uh, during, uh, spring season, just for something fun, you know, sort of every once in a while, I'll take like a two week, three week break off of wrestling right after season ends. And that's just something that I can sort of do to separate myself from wrestling. So I don't get burnt out on it. And I enjoy when my brother's in town going out and playing like disc golf with him and just stuff, you know, I know I'm not that great at either of those, but it's just something different that keeps me from feeling my, like my life is completely immersed by wrestling. I mean, it it it, it kind of is. I yeah, mean, it kind of is. I mean, it's, and it's no big deal. I think people, you know, you gotta you gotta make those necessary. The sacrifices are necessary just to kind of get to where you want. Um, how do you? So when you're in a match and you're down by points significantly, like maybe five or six points, what's going through your head? So it honestly really depends, like how far along the match is. If there's like two or three seconds left and I'm down by five or six points, you know, I know coaches say don't reach back and stuff, but I'm just thinking I got to have something big. Well, it really depends. If I'm at like a dual match and it's five or six points, I'm going to try something big, but nothing too crazy. But like if I'm already getting majored, there's not much more that I can give up for my team because they're not going to pin me in three seconds. So, you know, you just got to go for something big and, you get it great if you don't, you know, you were already going to lose anyway. But if there's still, like, second period or even beginning a third, there's still stuff you can do, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy or big moves. You just got to – you can't let yourself get mentally beat because that's the point where you do lose. If you go all the way through the match and don't get mentally beat, then even if they just destroy you, then you're just going to be able to go back and train and look at what you did wrong and keep going. But the second you let them beat you in your mind, they're going to beat you. You know, it's crazy that um, you say that because I think one of the things that bothers me the most being a coach and, and, and coaching wrestling, you know, when I do is that kid that's down by two points and it's like 20 seconds left to go in the, in the match. And especially if the match is neutral and they 
they don't do anything, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's very frustrating. You know, like you don't even attempt to take a shot, and you know, and, and I tell them you should have tried to rip off ten shots already. You know, you just can't wait till like seven seconds left to go on the side. You want to take a shot. You're the guy, you're the guy that's down. You know, the guy that's that's up by two is basically almost trying to stay away from you anyway. So, um, you know, that's just kind of that's just kind of the mentality that I hate, you know, go out there and, and, and get it done. You know, this, this basically I'll look at it. Um, so another question, you know, that I, that I just generally ask, and, and it's just, uh, one of those things, um, that's not even basically a wrestling question. I just like to, I like to ask it. Um, if you could have dinner with three people living or dead, who would it be and why? If I could have dinner with three people, living or dead, who would it be and why? Um, I think one of the people would probably be Dan Gable, just because I feel like he has a lot of stories to tell and a lot of interesting and funny things that he probably has from all his matches. Um, another choice would probably be... Bill Gates, just because I want to know what runs through his mind and what powers his billion dollar company and just what it takes like that to get to the top when it comes to like societal standards and stuff like that, because he came from nothing. And then honestly, probably Jesus, of course, because he knows a lot more than anybody else on this earthly yeah. Place and he's probably got a lot of answers. A yeah. Lot of stuff to say. Yeah, I mean those are good good choices. You know, we were talking about um societal type standards. You you know, when you go when you go to school, you know, everybody kind of um everybody's kind of a part of a clique or like a, a certain kind of kind of social status and you know, some you know, some people try their hardest to be um with to be accepted in in groups that you know that it's probably hard to be accepted in and you know so how do you deal with just the 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 pressure of um people you know it's trying to you know that wants to try to uh not really be accepted into their group but people that are in groups still that want to try to get you in there and that's going to bring you down so i like to uh look at a lot of things. I've never been one to go out and try to get accepted into a group that, you know, doesn't really match my true personality type. I'm not the kind that goes out and tries to hang out with kids that are just a lot different than me. Like, I've never been the type of kid to skate, and I don't try to go hang out with all the kids that like to skate and stuff like that. But the thing is, is I've just sort of always been myself, and the groups that accept me do, and the groups that don't, don't. And I feel like I have one of those personalities that, like, a lot of people like me, but a lot of people don't. I mean, and, you know, there are some in-between, but, and I'm just okay with that. I'm not, I don't feel like I need to be accepted by everyone. I mean, I don't like you. I just deal with you. I'm I'm, I'm joking. (laughs) You know that. Uh, No, so, how do you, and and this is one of the hardest things to do, as when you're a good athlete or a good wrestler, um, and they're going to be the people that are that that are really there for you and really want to try to 
push you to be the best you can be. And then there are people that um, that will root for you and, and say that they want the best for, for you. But deep down inside, uh, there's like jealousy and envy and they really want to uh, figure out a way to cause uh, to, to cause your demise. And you really don't know who who they are, but like, how, how do you deal with it? Um, so I just, that's where you sort of got to keep a tunnel vision on your goal and just know what you want. And you just have to think about everything before you do it. And a lot of times in the heat of the moment, you just want to do stuff, but you really have to take a step back and be like, you know, what are the benefits and what are the consequences from this? And is it really worth it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think what ends up happening is that, uh, it's kind of like I I had a wrestler on the show, and he said that the 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 people that he can't stand the most are the the ones that'll shake his hand and tell him good job, but like just and the, you know when they when they walk away, you know it's they're 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 trying to just cause him, you know they're, they're trying to do something to kind of uh to kind of bring them down, you know, and, and and again like I said, you don't know who those people are, but um you seem like you kind of got a way to handle that. I mean, you just, you just never know. Um, that's why you got to kind of watch yourself and watch who you're around. Um, you know, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, some of your friends that, that, you know, did, did you hang around? Like how, how are they and like, how are they good influences on you? So I hang out, I have my little wrestling community that I sort of hang out with and that's more like combat athletics and stuff and not as much kids that go to my school. But, um, I feel like most of my friends are pretty good athletes, and uh, I don't think that's for any specific reason. That's just sort of who I tend to hang out with, and most of their, most of those kids just, they know what they want, and they have the same type of goals as me, just maybe in a different sport like basketball or soccer or football or whatever, and, um, you know, that you just got to learn. Like, there's times to have fun, and there's times to be serious, and you also got to think about, like, you know, this might be fun now, but how is it truly going to affect me? And is this going to affect what my overall goal is? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you might be have, having fun, but it's like temporary fun. And that goes for everything in life. It's sort of like the whole work now, you know, rest later, rest now and work later. And it's just how you want to live your life. And if you're the kind that just wants to have fun now and then work for the rest of your life or whatever. And same thing with the grades. Like, if you just want to go out and do a bunch of fun, stupid stuff and, like, party and stuff in high school, then, you know, then that's your thing. And if you like that, you like that. But then there's the kids that, you know, don't have a life outside of their schoolwork that they got to have that perfect GPA to get into every single college possible. And it's just, I think you need to find a nice, healthy balance between the two. And don't let either of them affect the way you live the other part of your life. Well, you, you know, you were talking about the the, uh, the the temptations of going out and maybe hanging out with uh, certain groups. You know that that are bad for you. How do you how do you resist that? You know, if you're invited somewhere to a party, and these days you never know, um, you know what could be present there, or you probably know what's going to be present there, but. How do you resist those the, the temptations of just going out and doing things that would uh, have a negative effect on the you know the hard work that you put in for this sport? You know, even though it's more that it could be more fun at the time. Yeah, so you just have to look at it, and pretty much in today's day and age with the social media and everything, you know what's going to be happening at the party and like what's going to be going on, and 
So you just have to think, that's where you just have to use your judgment skills. Is it worth it to go hang out at this party for a night and do stupid stuff? And what could the effect really be on it? You know, you could get hurt, you could get sick, you know. You never know what could happen, and that's just your judgment. And you just need to use the best judgment you have because that decision could affect a lot of aspects of your life. Yeah, and we were talking about social media. Um, how how has it affected you as a wrestler? Because see, when I was a kid, we didn't we didn't have that. We didn't. Have, I always say, and I say this on every podcast when we do bring up social media. I know what it's like to be a kid in high school and and play and play sports but I do not know what it's like to be a kid in high school and have a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat and all that other stuff. So tell me how that plays a factor in in your in your life and as a wrestler and how do you deal with it? Um so actually funny that you bring that up because here recently in the wrestling aspect of my life, I had someone that beat me last year. I beat them uh one time. They beat me two times. And they went and posted a picture of them beating me, which was pretty embarrassing at the time. But now that I look at it, it was just sort of stupid that I got upset about it. I never really, like, retaliated, but I did sort of, like, text him and call him out on it. And I was like, why did you feel the need to do this? And he was like, oh, no harm meant by it, man, and something like that. And so I think that's just sort of going to, like, settle itself out on the wrestling mat. But the thing is, is he's a senior, so I also think at the end of the day, I'm not going to have to deal with him past next year, even if he were to go out there and beat me again. But I still feel like I've put in a lot more work than him and that this year the outcome is going to be a lot different. But I'm not going to go out and just do the same thing when I beat him. I'm not going to go out and post the same picture because I feel like I'm a bigger person than that. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just – and it affects – Yes, there is cyberbullying and stuff that goes on, but I don't think adults really understand it. It's not like, it's not what the shows and advertisement and everything makes it seem to be. And honestly, I wouldn't even say that it's as big of a deal as the shows and advertisements make it be. But, uh, you know, sometimes it is. But it's just, it's different. I, there's no other way to explain it. It's just different. Yeah, well, it, here here's the thing. I mean, honestly... Maybe that person that put that video online, it might have did a lot to help you because if you were to wrestle at the next level where there's a lot of cameras on you anyways and then you got somebody like Flo that goes and takes that highlight of you getting pinned and put it on there, I mean, it, 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 that's basically the same thing. I mm-hmm. mean, you're you're putting something out there for uh, an, an audience to see, you know, especially if you are the the best let's say you're the top ranked guy in a weight class and then somebody that was unranked or somebody that was a, a of a of a of a higher rank or, or excuse me a lower rank and they pin you and you know it's yeah, that that's news so that's newsworthy so I think that's probably you know why a lot of people do it and it kind of gets you ready for that um that that aspect of it you know and in, in, in wrestling like it, if you could if you could change one rule in wrestling, like what would it be? Um, if I could change one rule in wrestling, it would either be the rule, the bow and arrow rule, not being able to do bow and arrows, or it would actually, I take that back. It would either be the college out of bounds rule. I want it to be like college out of bounds rule where you just drag your toes and have one, one body part in at all times, or it would be the newest rule about the headgears and like the decals and stuff on it. Cause my wrestling coach 
took that rule like very seriously, and now we all have to wear team headgear, and I, I, don't, I really don't like that. So that would probably be the rule. You know, I, I was in this con. I had a conversation with uh, uh I had Landon for on my podcast a couple weeks ago, and I always told him that I thought as far as the rule that they should kind of implement is implement the rule from from uh, freestyle with the push out. You know, I think it would stop. It would keep keep a lot of action going. Um, I think that sometimes a lot of the rules that, well, it's not, I, I think it's more so the way that, that, that the wrestling is repped here in North Carolina kind of holds the wrestlers back. But I think that it would help wrestling as a whole, that if the expectation is you want to wrestle in college, then we'll, let's go on ahead and just implement college rules so you'll be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and so in there shouldn't be out of bounds to be the, the same the same way it should be in, in college. I mean, and also, you know, implement riding time, although I somewhat disagree with it because I think it also encourages the, the uh, stalling element of it. But um, still, you know, if that's what it's going to be in college, it's to be that way in, uh, in high school. You know, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about that? I agree with that. Um, the main thing about the push-out rule is – I know they've altered it to where it, you still have to sort of be in contact with them and trying to work for improvement when you push them out, which I agree with that if they make it that way. But a lot of times referees aren't always educated how they should be to ref the matches. And I feel like if they implemented the push-out rule, there would be a lot of refs where you could just bull charge someone and just push them straight out and the refs would be given points all day long. And I feel like that's another problem uh, that we have with North Carolina and honestly probably every single state's wrestling because and every other sport is the referees just aren't educated how they need to be there will be a few refs that are you know really good refs and they know what they're doing but then you'll have 20 for every one that doesn't know what they're doing yeah I've seen some uh absolutely god-awful officiating out there but uh, you you're, you're gonna have it and you know you would think that they would have the some of the worst officiating that, I, that I've seen is at the state tournament where you would think they would have their uh their, their the state would put their best officials out there and you know when I used to officiate you know for the state of North Carolina if I made a call that I realized you know after thinking about it that it was wrong I've always been in type to 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 confront that because the last thing that I want to do is Cost a kid like you who's been working so long, you know, to achieve the dream of being a state champion. I don't want to call that I may cost you that dream, and I see it happen a lot at the state tournament. And that official that made that call, he's going to continue to officiate more matches. But that kid, you know, that he, he's not going to be able to get that match back. And and I, and I think that sometimes they could do a lot better with uh, showing how um, – and showing these officials how a call should be made. You know, I don't – you should never – an official should never take, you know, the, the, the match out of a, a wrestler's hands because of a, you know, because of a bad call. And then, you know, they don't want to sit there and admit that they made a mistake when, you know, and it's like they're able to go home and, and, and do what they do and, and not realize you just cost a kid who's been working hard literally, um, you know, his whole entire life to, to – achieve a dream and 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 you just messed it up you know so yeah and I mean I feel like a big thing is yes if you're truly 
the better wrestler, you should not be on your back. But a lot of times, there's just crazy things that happen in matches. You know how they go where in a second you could just be flipped on your back? And I feel like especially at big tournaments like state tournaments where referees are there for a long amount of time, they really tend to start calling quick pins because they want to get the day over with. And I think that gets sort of unfair how you're going to call, you know, normal pins or even maybe slow pins at the beginning and make sure every single shoulder's touching and all that. But then it gets late in the day and they're getting tired and they just want to go home. They want to take their paycheck and go home. They just get to where it's, oh, you're on your back. It doesn't matter if both shoulders are touching and they'll just slap the mat and call it a day because that's where they just look at it from their own perspective and being tired and they don't look at it in like how much time these wrestlers are putting in it for that match. So you're talking about just the consistency and overall officiating. Yeah, so I feel like if you're the type of referee to call quick pins, then that's your style of refereeing. And, I mean, that's not necessarily against the rules, but, I mean, I might not like it if I'm the one losing, but if you do it consistently, then that's understandable. And honestly, I don't have – well, I do have a problem with bad referees, but if you're a bad referee, be consistently bad. Don't be bad for my side and then good for the other. If you're going to be bad for my side and call, like, bad stalling calls or random locking hands calls that you just think are locking hands or whatever, then call it for both sides. Don't just consistently call bad for my side and call good for theirs because then it sort of makes it blatantly obvious that you have a side that you want to win. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's crazy you brought that up because, again, I used to – the although I – I've seen officials make a lot of bad mistakes in the state tournaments. Um, I will also say that one of the hardest things to do is be an official. Um, There's a lot you got to take in consideration, especially when you're repping an intense dual meet. I mean, you got the the people in the stands yelling at you from the different teams. You got the ref yelling at you. Um, And and so it's really, really tough. And, you know, I I would say that – I would say that 90 – 99% 99% of, of referees out there, they don't have they don't have intentions of like going out there to screw a kid. I just think sometimes they have to make a call, and I and sometimes they make a call without really thinking about it. For example, um, there's a there's a kid that graduated in 2017. Um, Ethan Nasco, he wrestled at the West Forsyth. And he was in the semifinals of the um, state tournament. He wrestled a guy named Andre Swenson was the kid's name. And they went into like the ultimate overtime where uh, there's top bottom and you have to ride your opponent out for, um, uh, you know, for 30, 30 seconds. Now, mind you that uh, NASCO had already been hit with a stall call um, prior to going into that. Uh, in, into that uh, ultimate ride-out round um, or, or period, so to speak. And it's the expectation that your number one job is to, is to, is to hold this guy down and, 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 and keep them from um, getting away from you. Well, um, again, NASCO had been warned for stalling, and, you know, of course, they were tied up, and... Where they they go neutral and I think at the, Ethan didn't really make it he didn't make an attempt to return, and then the referee kind of hit him with that second stalling call and awarded the guy one so Ethan lost and it's like the whole goal is to 
hold them down, not let them, not let them get away from you. And it's like, that's an example. And that matches on online. It's on YouTube. That's a prime example of a referee taking a match out of somebody else's hands. And, you know, and it took, it took a chance for another, for, for a kid to win his second state championship out of his hands now. But on the flip side, there could have been a lot of things that that NASCO could have done differently, you know, you know, because NASCO used to like to wrestle matches close, but still, um, when it's all said and done, let those two wrestlers battle it out. Let those two wrestlers uh, choose who's gonna gonna you know advance and who's gonna go into the uh, constellation bracket. But you know that's kind of what I think about all that. But if um, but anyways, hopefully th- they'll try to do something at some point to get these officials more training and know the importance of what they're doing. Um, but being that it's Thanksgiving, um, and you're and you're a wrestler, what are you gonna what what are you gonna eat today, man? Um, so today is one of those days, a cheat day, where I'm just gonna eat what I want. You know, I'm not gonna go crazy and eat extra if I don't feel the need to eat extra. But I'm I'm just gonna worry about it later, and I'm just gonna enjoy Thanksgiving because at the end of the day, it's a sport and it's a holiday. And so I'm going to enjoy it and then get it off later. Just worry about it later. Remember remember you said that, right? I will remember that I said that. All right. Hey, if you don't have anything else to get off your chest, man, um, I guess we can wrap it up. I just want to say thank you for being on the uh, show, Cast of Champions. Uh, Good luck the rest of the season. Um, I hope you win your state title that you want to win, and I hope you have an injury-free season and to continue to work hard. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And this has been another uh, episode of Cast of Champions. That was Tyler Holland, Wilkes Central High School, 106 pounder. And yeah, by the way, real quick, if somebody wants to kind of follow your progress, how can they get in touch with you on the, the Instagrams and the Twitters? Um, just look me up on Instagram at Tyler underscore Holland 4002. And you can just keep track there. I post a lot of my wrestling stuff on there. I don't really post videos and stuff, but I will post my record and things like that. Where, where did the 4002 come from? Just wondering. Uh, so I put it as 2004 because, you know, that was the year that I was born. But that name was already taken, so I just thought I would reverse it. Oh, typical something Tyler Holland would do. Well, again, hey, thanks for being on the show, and good luck.